Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everybody, and uh, welcome to Late Night Football. Welcome to our reaction show as it is Monday. And I mean, lots of lots of uh, good games, lots of exciting talking points to talk about. Uh, and joining me is a beaming Gaurav for obvious reasons. Gaurav is like smiling. He's got this big smile on his face. Uh, but welcome back to the show, Gaurav. Nice to have you again. It's good to be back here. Right? Yes. Yeah. And of course, we've got uh, Nishikant as well joining and uh, Nishikant smiling as well. Uh, and he's still got that backdrop defined as he's got that backdrop. But uh, Nishikant, welcome as well to the show. Thanks for, thanks for having me yeah, we don't have others today, so it's, it's okay to have the background. Nobody's gonna complain. All right, uh, let's get right into it. Let's let's start with the let's, let's start with the obvious one. Let's start with Chelsea against uh, Manchester City. I mean, uh, it was what it was a good game. I've heard. I didn't see it. Uh, maybe it was a mistake not to watch it, but I didn't watch it. Um, you know what? We always keep saying Pep Guardiola overthinks things in the big games, but Nishika, did Thomas Tuchel do the same? Did he did he overthink it in this one? Three defensive midfielders, uh, only two strikers. Uh, I, I think he was partially inspired by the Tottenham performance because that that's the exact midfield uh, that played the second half against Tottenham. So probably he thought that you know uh, that would work. Unfortunately, in every game before uh, this one, the last three that we won against City, we played three four three, and Mount used to mark their favorite whoever Rodri or whoever used to play. This time, that. That you know, a change in formation and and you know, I, I think a new formation formation against a city team, uh, you know, that was a tactical mistake. And you know, it looks like Chelsea were playing defensive. I don't think Chelsea set out to be defensive. Man City was just so good. You know, they they re-established their title credentials. Uh, you know, for if anyone was ever doubting them, for me, they were still the favorites. But uh, yeah, I mean, they they completely dominated, and that caused Chelsea to play the way they, you know, we played. Uh, it, it wasn't as much as that we were trying to be defensive rather than City forced us, pinned us in our own half most of the times, the way they played. So yeah. that's pretty much yeah. what it is. But yeah, I'm not too bothered. That's why I'm laughing. I mean, if there is a good time to lose to Manchester City, it's in September. The mm-hmm. season has just begun, you know, nothing uh, is decided yet. And mm-hmm. I still think the team is pretty good to compete and challenge for the title. And that uh, hopefully will be true, will come out to be true. Yeah. But yeah, uh, that's pretty much what I have. I mean, at the moment, there's still level in points, right? if I'm not mistaken, I think because it's yeah, still, it's still because thanks so, to, yeah, and, yeah, and thanks to United and Liverpool. Uh, well, nothing, that yeah, thanks to Liverpool. No, United. I don't think United should be in any title conversation anytime soon. But uh, anyway, um, we'll come to that. We'll come talk to United. We'll talk. We'll continue with City. Uh, I think finally Pep breaks the the Tuchel curse, if you will. Is it a curse? Is something some kind of hold that he had, but he broke it. Um, again, he, he went with this one CDM in this one, but I think Bernardo Silva did the job that he needed to do as as the box to box kind of role that he, he was he was probably important in this one. Just. Uh, maybe he had instructions from Pep. Maybe he knew. Basically, he's got he's got to be that second midfield man. Yeah, he is. I think is a 
really, really versatile player. You know, he can naturally is a attacking midfielder who has played on the right wing most of his career, but he has been playing that central midfield role really good. He doesn't have that, you know, big frame and really bulky someone in the PIA tour, but he does the job really well. Yeah. No, well, we all said that uh, maybe he'd start Real Mares, uh, and he didn't. He started, he started Gabriel Jesus uh, in this one, and he popped up with the goal. Uh, you know, again, as I keep saying this, for a player who's shit and who doesn't score goals, he scores goals. I don't know, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, yeah, I mean, maybe it's, he, like... it's like inconsistency, perhaps, but on a, on a number, I mean, if you just look at his stats, they aren't that bad. Like, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I said in. Upsets, right, like his goals and assist stats are really, really good, but it's the number of chances he has missed last yeah, year. But missed the most number of clear chances last year. Yeah. I, I, I think it's that Haaland syndrome, isn't it? When you don't, when everybody else you compare with someone, like you compare with Aguero, everybody else looks small, but it doesn't mean that they're bad. Uh, yeah. So I think with Jesus, I every time I, I see Jesus and I look at him, he scored a goal, he's got an assist, so he does something. So. I mean, I, I guess it has to be something in him for Pep to, you know, yeah. show his. Well, stats. players sometimes have favorite. Managers have favorites sometimes that are inexplicable. But uh, yes. yeah, in this case, it's justified. I think. I think it's a. He's definitely a he good player. Also works really hard. You know, he likes to track back. So, kind of Pep kind of player. So maybe it's mm. better. For sure. Uh, well, I guess uh, the only th- other thing I mean to talk about in the battle of the hundred million men, uh, is it fair to say that uh, Jack Willis has uh, come out on top? Uh, well, maybe ask uh, Gaurav. I, I, I don't think so. Okay. No, yeah. you can, you can, you can give your <laughs> no, I don't think so. I, I don't think, I mean, yeah, I mean, in, in, in terms of results, yes. But I don't think Grealish really had a good, and he didn't really do much yesterday. It wasn't Grealish. I mean, to, if we talk our defending, our defending was, you know, as good as it has ever been. There was a deflection and a goal. That happened, but Grealish or uh, you know even City, they made some chances, but they didn't really trouble us. Uh, it's, uh, but yeah, obviously in terms of result, yes. But Grealish, I wouldn't say had a good game yesterday. Okay. Probably Jesus was much better. Rod- Rodri, uh, Silva, these these guys were the uh, ones who were actually doing well. Fair enough. Well, I mean, I didn't Grealish was know. actually uh, put through on goal and it's the chance. Yeah, yeah. One of the so the reason I was going to ask Gaurav that question, but I'll ask Gaurav this one now, because I think one of the criticisms of Lukaku is always the fact that he doesn't turn up against the big teams. I think that's always been an issue for him throughout his career. Um, is that, I mean, people say that it's kind of changed a little bit, but now he's what, he's played two games. He played Liverpool. Fair enough, they were down to 10 men, but still he played Liverpool, he's played City. Hasn't really done much in either one of them. Is it just a case of, uh, you know, getting back up to speed or is it just a case of, or of old habits returning or hard to kill Lukaku? I mean, it's it's really hard to say because you know the way Chelsea set up it, uh, on Saturday it was really hard for him or even Werner because nobody was playing ball through balls for them you know they weren't allowed to run behind the defense so very it will be very harsh to judge him for last game so <laughs> I keep my I keep my verdict with me right now but I think he'll turn up he'll, he'll be good. I mean, it was clearly a tactical issue. Lukaku actually did score yesterday, but Havertz was off- offside. David. So, but yeah. Yeah, yeah David. Sorry. Still <laughs> fresh. <laughs> the wounds are still yeah. fresh. Well, no, <laughs> yeah. Lukaku did trouble uh, Laporte yeah. a couple of times. Yeah, he did. He did trouble Laporte. But the thing was, our passes extremely poor. You know, you know, Kovacic, Kante, Jorginho, neither of them can really pass 
once in a while, but they are not that kind of. Yeah, isn't uh, Jorginho supposed to be this creative passing midfielder? Yeah, I mean, exactly. Not like not like Fabregas passing. He's more like Mikel passing. You know, around and he can control the system and he's important for us. That's not denying, but his passing are not attack oriented. It's more hmm. about control and possession and defense. Well, so the, that. Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah, so well, I mean, the injuries uh, are going to be a concern as well. There's a couple of injuries uh, for, for Chelsea. Yeah, I mean, players. even uh, so, N'Golo is not fit. He started, but mm-hmm. he was not fit. Yeah. So anyway, uh, one to keep an eye on. Uh, we'll, we'll come to our preview for next weekend. Uh, we'll try to do that. But there's a big Champions League game coming up this week as well uh, that Chelsea have got to be looking forward to. So anyway, we'll talk a little bit about that towards the end. But uh, we'll move on. We'll move on to the next game. We'll talk about United against Arsenal. Sadly, we don't have a United fan here because so many questions to ask about where, about, you know, the direction of the team and all of that. But, I mean, you know what? Uh, let, let's start... Uh, I mean, the, the, the way that it always works is when you lose, that's when the narratives start to be formed, you know, about uh, Ronaldo is selfish and, uh, and Bruno is, uh, you know, is, is, is nervous or Greenwood is nervous. I, I mean, yeah, you know, you guys probably didn't watch the game, obviously, because, you know, you guys had a, had a bit bigger game to watch. But to me, I mean, it just feels, uh, you know, it just feels that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has now gone defensive first. I think it's, it's almost a case of... Um, We'll try to defend. We'll try to keep a clean sheet. And it's probably because their defense is pretty crap, actually. So it's, it's more about let's try and defend and then we'll try and hit on the break. Um, Gaurav, does that, does that sort of, um, you know, does that sort of approach, uh, you know, warrant? Uh, can it be successful? I mean, it can obviously be successful. But uh, is that something that, that you would expect uh, from United? Or do you think that they need to be more attacking? Well, they definitely need to be more attacking. I mean, defense is definitely a big point for United. And if you look, at their uh, attacking players, I think they've got a really good squad if you look at the attacking options. I mean, I'll do up front and it kind of reminds me of uh, Pellegrini days, you know, that we used to outscore teams most of the time. So I think that would be a better approach for United right now instead of just sitting back and absorbing the pressure. They're not made for that, I think. They don't have a proper midfielder, even the center backs are. Time so yeah. that's not I mean, the right. I mean, it's difficult to also say with the midfield. So the thing is, when he played his first six choice players, he could say that it was nil-nil. Right? It was only when he took off McTominay and brought on a striker, that's when they conceded. Um, and the striker was kind of responsible for the goal as well because Cavani lost his man. So, in a way, he's getting that, but it's also the goal side. Nishkan, the other problem that I see with United is actually the fact people talk about defense, but the real issue is they don't have somebody who can pass in the press. Like, they literally, um, you know, it's, it's hard mm. to play when you play um, against the press uh, and teams are pressing high up the field. Uh, that, that's, that's a concern as well. They don't, literally don't have anyone who can do that. Is that something that, that could be exploited? I mean, particularly the, the teams that, and I'm going to talk about the teams that are coming up. But uh, it's, it's, it's an issue when you, when you don't have... That can definitely be exploited. That's what mm-hmm. happened against uh, to Chelsea. Mm-hmm. The city pressed and we couldn't escape the pressure. We couldn't pass the ball out. So, and, and you know, if you, if you play, if you want to compete for title, you know, and stuff, and you play teams like City, Liverpool, the, you know, these big names, they, they all press. You play uh, Arsenal, they press. You play Brentford, they, they press. So, you know, a lot of teams are good at pressing and, and that definitely. But, you know, if I think of the personnel that you have, uh, Pogba, Sancho, uh, Greenwood, Rashford, he, he's still injured, is he? Yeah, Rashford is not going to be back yeah. until next month. So, he's not around. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, but these players are skillful. So, these are 
players with quick feet and they should be able to get you know escape the press but again that depends on the tactical system as well if if you know i didn't watch the game uh, but you know with the players you know uh, ole has bought especially sancho and ronaldo uh defense first should not be the strategy and even that has variations defense in itself is not that bad but if you park the bus and just sit and wait rather uh, or or you could you know press quickly and win the ball and attack from there different kinds of defense so how he implements that is up to the manager and i don't think united fans didn't like how van gaal played didn't like how mourinho played <coughs> so wouldn't be too long before fans turn turn on ole if he continues to Do well, I don't think it's long. It has already happened. I, I think actually United have too many players who don't like to track back, especially the forward press. I mean, yeah. Ronaldo is not going to track back. Neither does Bruno, Pogba. You know. Oh no, no. no see, see, Ronaldo actually does track back. I saw him do it once or twice against Villa. So this is a myth. Bruno definitely tracks back because I've seen him actually be behind. Yeah. Uh, you know the CDM. Bruno, I've seen United. him making tackles as well. Bruno does tackles. So. The the players uh-huh. who don't press Greenwood also tracks back. The problem is not about tracking back. It's that they just they're just useless when they track back. Like there's no point if you track back just you know, um, and then don't make a tackle or just try to create a body. Right? Greenwood is not very good at it. Pogba is not very good at it. Uh, Fred I mean, is like, obviously uh, useless. Uh, like you know, you they don't track back in a you know as a team. If you see City how they That's press, how they close close yeah. down the spaces, that doesn't happen. Yeah. That is the issue. Yeah. No, that and that fair. comes That's from fair. probably manager is not able to. you know send a message clearly to explain what they need to do i just want, i don't know yeah i mean that could be that is what the manager is not to send the message i also feel sometimes all the things said you know if you have six players or seven players tracking back that's enough and you need to keep two or three forward for when the ball comes hmm. to them and then they can counter it because everybody if everybody tracks back then you know ronaldo doesn't have the legs to track back and go forward i think you could say the same for pogba and bruno so you know tracking back is good but i mean i just feel that that's the way again you can argue that it's not a good strategy and i'm happy to you know to hear that from many but i just feel i'm trying to get into mind of what he thinks of what he's doing and you guys didn't see the match so but i mean one of the saddest sights is obviously the seeing bruno he was shattered when he missed that penalty i think it, um mm. i i think he I knew that highlights. emiliano yeah. martinez got into his head i think he got it that martinez got inside his head and he just looked like for the next 10 minutes it was 5 minutes or something that they played and he just looked like you know it was wearing his man i don't know how, how that will affect him mentally but uh, we will know uh more about that um other than that i mean some of the notes that i had to make from the game i, I think it's it's quite obvious that the fred mcdominay pairing doesn't uh, it's not working in terms of the i mean some might say it's working because they kept a clean sheet as i said until they went off but it doesn't look uh, at all good uh the one final thing i have for you question for you nishikant because i think you might be a good person to answer this is sometimes there's this trepidation around back threes at manchester united like there's always this thing about not playing a back three or not playing a back five but i just feel that uh, i i don't know maybe a change of shape is now needed because the 4231 doesn't work um and maybe it's time to try a back three uh, you know as a chelsea fan you probably know the merits of a back three better than anybody else uh, but do you think united should, or, or maybe all in a social should try to ex- explore it at least uh, definitely I, and i think you know people managers have tried that you know even if it's just to match our shape when they are playing against us so people have been trying it uh, you know when conte kind of introduced it with chelsea like people weren't really playing hardly a team or two you would find with three at the back when conte first uh, came with three at the back a lot of teams tried to emulate them as well but the thing is if you do not have the right players then three at the back becomes a lot defensive because it's basically five at the back right so your wing backs 
uh, are the ones that need to give you the width. So they need to have that capability of, you know, bombing forward and coming back and, mm -hmm. and being to have that kind of final pa pass, right? Like, for example, Reese James, he can bomb forward, come back, and he has that cross in him, uh, a, a delivery in him that can cause problems. Same with Chilwell. Uh, Alonso, now he is doing a bit well. He, I think his crossing is still, uh, you know, probably Chilwell is better, but then he can score and he can take free kicks, those kind of things, right? So Luke Shaw is a pretty good option that you have. I think that he has been one of your attacking outlet, uh, mm -hmm. this, uh, you know, so, and, and now that he's injured, that I think will be a big yes. loss. Uh, to yeah. United. Well, but Alex so, Telles is a natural left wing back. So, I mean, I mean, the thing is that Alex Telles can't play in a back four, but he might be able to play in a back five. Uh, but that's yeah, just something I, I find. I mean, Daniel James would have been the perfect right wing back, but he's gone. So, yeah. I don't know who's going to play yeah. on the right. But Because uh, I, I don't think Van Bissaka is a good, you know, wing back material. Maybe, maybe you yeah. might want to try a, Dalo know, a forward. Like, yeah. Diogo Dalo or might or a winger. Good. Yeah. Or a wing. Mm. Yeah. We don't have any right wingers. I mean, Jaden Sancho is probably not wing back material. And I don't think you could play green yeah. there either. So I don't know. Anyway, something worth to think about. Uh, you know, the thing you're talking about the Champions League, the reason I say that we're not going to play against Villarreal, who are pretty much draw specialists in La Liga. I mean, they've apparently they've had, they played 10 games yeah. and drawn eight of them or something that's a really weird stat. Uh, but yeah, speaking of pressing, I think four games they have finished uh, nil nil or something. Yeah, like I mean really Real Madrid—they just do nil nil with Real Madrid yeah. the, the, of all teams. So I'm not expecting much <laughs> from that. But to be honest, just talking of pressing, um, they, they've got a few teams that are going to come up that are that are going to press them. But I'm not worried about uh, you know there's a team. Well, I mean Liverpool obviously are the obvious ones who are, you know Villa had had a few chances. They could have actually easily won four nil or five nil. They had better strikers or better conversion. But uh, Liverpool will obviously press high. They've got a good midfield. They've got a good striking force. They will score goals. Uh, we'll talk about Liverpool. But more worrying is the team in blue. And it's not City. It's not Chelsea. It's Atalanta that they have to play in a couple of weeks. I mean, I, I just I just worry about that game. Atalanta are, are, a simp are simply a scoring team. Like, they don't care. They just go yeah. forward. I, I think they're going to eat that midfield alive of Manchester United. So, I, I don't know what's that could happen. be a dangerous game. Yeah, those those right. are like, those are going to be really bad games. So, but we'll see. And I, I don't know who's going to come out of the of it the other end. But anyway, uh, there's also graphic about uh, eight games coming up that you might have to play. And to be honest, I I uh, based on what I saw against Villa, I'll be surprised if they take more than ten points from those eight games. To be honest, and I know it's overreaction and pessimism, but the fact is, it just there are things that need to be sorted, and I don't know if they're going to be sorted. So. Anyway, we'll move on. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll move on to other games because we don't want to spend too much time on this. By the way, Leicester City against Burnley. I said pick Jamie Wardy and he scored two goals. And he scored an own goal, but he also scored two goals. So, you know what? My predictions work. I'm just saying. Uh, Somebody said he was a liability. He did score two goals in that one. Um, but uh, the other one that I want to talk about, Gaurav, Leeds United. They're, they're in trouble. I mean, West Ham are doing well. Antonio scores again. Uh, they're, they're back again. But Leeds United are in trouble. They're again another defeat for Bielsa. Yeah, probably second season central bureau, and I think uh, teams have also found out either how they play, how they set up, so it's easier to counter that. And maybe I think fields ask too much from their players. There, I mean, I saw their game at like 15, 20 minutes, and players were tired in the second half. They were like they used to play like Liverpool, you know, they closed down a lot and all that was missing. So maybe, maybe. Delegation yeah. Yeah, relegation and that battle is heating up. There's so many teams that have not won yet. Southampton haven't mm -hmm. won yet either. Um, Newcastle haven't won yet. 
uh, Leeds, well, I think Leeds have won already, but uh, I think there's I me mean, Burnley haven't won either. So the Steve there. Yeah. I'm sorry, Norwich. Yeah, not well. Norwich, I think, are pretty much a gone case at this yeah. point. I, I honestly don't see a way back for them, but uh, and there's lots of teams that that, that are going to be in that fight. And yeah, uh, maybe this Burnley is a strange one. Yeah. Well, Burnley, I mean, it's just they don't seem like I think again, same with Leeds. Their style has probably been found out at this point in the opposite way that they keep parking the bus. But they did get a draw here against Leicester, which is not a bad result, all things considered. But yeah, they mm. haven't won either. So um, that's going to be tough. But anyway, we'll talk about Liverpool against Benford. Now, we said this might be a tricky tie. Uh, and, and so it turned out. Uh, I, I, what was, I think I predicted 4 0. It turned out to be 3 3. I was just going to say, if I predicted 6, I could have said 6 goals were shared. But it turned out to be 3 3. I mean, Nishikan, we talked about it during the Champions League game as well. There is a defensive problem for Liverpool. They're, they're, having, uh, they're scoring goals, but, but they're leaking them at the back as well. Yeah. L- Liverpool, uh, I mean, at least in the last game. And I greatly underestimated the propensity of Liverpool to give us a spectacle against newly promoted teams. And I thought this match won't be worth watching. Uh, <laughs> I was, <laughs> I should have. But I, you know, from it's what I digs there, right? Even even though you know Chelsea lost, you can make those little bit of pinpoint pin flicks there, dead by a thousand cuts or whatever you call it. Uh, but anyway. no, no, no. I'm just uh, just saying. I mean, that was like very. It's like when the ball was in the box, defenders were scared. At least for all the goals that happened, mm-hmm. you know, and and it, it felt that way that they were not comfortable or or you know some the the connection was not there between players. Something was wrong. Uh, but you know, I think Klopp should be able to sort that out. He has his uh, main players available. It's not an injury situation, so I, I don't really see uh, this being a problem for too long for Liverpool because they are uh, and obviously they can continue they can always score goals and usually you don't come across a team that's so excited just to be in Premier League that they're giving everything last time Leeds did it this time like you mentioned you know it's taxing so it's taken a bit out of them and uh, look at where they are so the, it, it probably is down to just that you know teams uh, you know uh, a, a few mistakes here and there but I don't really, I, I'm sure uh, they'll be able to address this because it's that we have already seen these defenders being really, really good. So, mm-hmm. what is it with Liverpool? I mean, we keep talking about Liverpool's midfielders not offering anything. Uh, not we keep talking about it, but we said it. And now it sounds like all of them have taken it as a personal insult because everybody's like, how did we Elliot started off well? Uh, now Vicata scored, and now Curtis Jones scores. Uh, what a goal. Yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, a lot of it's starting out to be like, um, you know, whatever we say. Uh, you know, like, we probably shouldn't say too many bad things about them because they get agitated and they want to do well. Uh, but that midfield is contributing. Cats. I think I think that's something that that should please club as well. That's not just in terms of uh, just the goals, but the fact that they're contributing to the attack. Yeah, I think they've uh, found the right balance. You know, like uh, with Fabinho, Henderson, and Thiago playing. I think it was last season. The most the balance that was missing. No one was no one was driving forward, and they have found it in Curtis Jones and. RBL it as well, so that has changed. And I also, I would like to add something about their defense. I think you know Van Dyke has that mental block right now. You know when you come back after a big injury and you are mm-hmm. scared that it might get aggravated again. And I always said that I'm a big fan of Alexander Arnold as an attacker. He's I think arguably the best right wing back, but he has always been a liability at times. You know his positioning is yeah. strong most of the times and. I think he 
gets caught up way too far with the times as well so yeah yeah that's the problem with the entire plant isn't it but i mean i wonder who is the bigger liabilities in van dyke is it alexander arnold right now i mean that that is a question for club but then again they don't really have too many options at right back when unless you put in james miller but i don't know if you want to put him in um, i think you want to keep the faith with alexander arnold i think the bigger issue probably might be henderson aging and not being so good because he's normally yeah. the one who covers alexander arnold's runs and he's not doing that or not being able to do that uh, i think final question um nishkan for you i'll ask this uh, what's the future for diago because um looks like he's a bench player now um, at liverpool Uh, and i know we keep you know i know that i i've seen more of these thumbs up memes i'm seeing them i'm uh, not seeing them seeing them but i i mean it's 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 hard to say that does he even fit clubs is he the kind of player that fits clubs style because he's not much of a presser he's yeah. not much of a runner yeah. uh, he's more of a yeah creator. i think he's more a guardiola kind of player than club mm-hmm. that, that's what i feel at times because he he he's that you know he's that elegant what you would call it like he'll sit back spray passes around uh and that's not really the way club team play right they are off at the go that that's the kind of style they have gegen pressing a heavy metal whatever they called it yeah i mean so uh, yeah he's probably a, he's a good midfielder we have seen that i think he's just in the wrong setup i'm i, I think maybe club either overestimated his ability to you know able to coach him into that kind of Uh, thing but because clearly you know it doesn't look like a player that fits the system so it's better uh, i think they, even now they should be able to recoup some good amount of money so they they should be looking to you know offload him and buy someone who could actually uh, like you mentioned henderson is aging and we need, they need someone to cover for uh, alexander arnold so probably invest in a midfielder who can run around someone like a rice or something Yeah, well, they do have Kate and Elliot, so I don't know if they need another midfielder, but uh, maybe, maybe they, maybe they. I mean, if move. if you sell one, then you gotta have another one for competitive. Yeah, perhaps. But better yeah. go for someone who fits the system. Yeah, well, they did lose a midfielder like that, and then Wijnaldum, who used to do that, mm-hmm. he's no longer there. Um, having some tough time at PSG, but anyway, uh, yeah, I mean that that that. Um, I mean, he was always gonna have tough time at PSG. I, I, I don't think he even thought himself that he would be able to break into that starting lineup. he knew the money was good got to sit on the bench enjoy paris uh, you know no what yeah nobody actually want. starts games but it's just he's being asked to do something he can't do which is being a cdm he's not a cdm he's being asked to do that at psc anyway that's uh, that's a conversation for another day uh, you know we talk about uh, liverpool uh, they've got a big game against manchester city so we'll be doing previewing that one next week just before the international break how about that one that'll be a very very important game you know what uh, we'll move on and uh, we'll talk about uh, We'll we'll talk about uh, we'll go into Sunday. We'll talk awesome. about uh, yeah. I mean, I'm awesome. thinking, is there any other one? Yeah. Well, that's just one. I mean, Southampton Wolves finally got a win, so that's good for them. But yes, we'll talk about Arsenal against Tottenham. There's so many tough things to talk about, you know, from both sides. And actually, people might say I haven't spoken about Brentford yet uh, and and Aston Villa yet. I have a question regarding both of those two uh, teams, and I will ask them at the end. I will save that because there's a question that's burning in my mind. We'll talk about this game first, uh, and just the context of that. Uh, Gaurav, I mean, uh, Adesh was picking up Arteta on. I don't know if you guys watched, but Saturday he was like, "Hey, Arteta, time. We'll trust the process. He will do it." Um, is he? Is he? Is he finally? Has he finally got the team that he wanted? And we're finally seeing the results of of an Arsenal team that doesn't have injuries or that of of of, of the first eleven. Yeah, both Adesh and Alex. Well, Alex said that we'll finally get to see the two Arsenal after the international break, and I think mm-hmm. he was right. 
so yeah i i also i think said that uh, they are struggling with injuries most of the like doctors mm-hmm. are in, they had to play with the 21 players most of them yeah. so yeah finally you know getting back in form and all the players are fit as well thomas party i think is is yeah. still injured right No, he's no, back. He I played, think he's back. Yes. He's playing. He's back. He's, he's playing. Played, he's yes. the he's the difference maker. I think in that midfield is where they are holding yeah. that. I think he's a player that Arsenal fans thought they were getting, uh, and the kind of yeah. player that they probably need. But uh, yeah, Odegaard Ode, Ode, Ode is also making a difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's I think really it's the vision good. of of that. Um, the way that they set up uh, Nishkan was just basically you know hit on the counter, but it was again same pressing, press high the pitch, win the ball back. Spurs unable unable to to counter that. Um, uh, oh. is there? I mean. is problems for again i think that if you count the fact that they didn't beat wolves now i think that's what four or five games that they've gone uh, winless since those first three wins that yeah. they got um they they yeah, they haven't won first. any 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 game after that since yes yeah, since yeah, I mean, national break they haven't won any any games so ninth choice nuno is you know what <laughs> was seventh i think it was seventh was it ninth or seventh i know you're trying to fit in there very seventh let's stop but uh, yeah i mean still you know he he's not the man to lead uh, spurs right i mm. mean from his perspective he's doing well but you know like how he has done but then again spurs are not playing to stay up and he's i i think he's a defensive manager who's being asked to play more expansive football because yesterday the the way you know uh, tottenham defended uh smithrow ghosted past everyone to score the first goal and no one really even knew or even saw him coming you know so they they were all over the place for every goal that they conceded yesterday and mm-hmm. even in general uh plus i think you know they, they still don't have not only are they bad defensively they don't have the balance to go into attack either yeah kane got i think one chance which he missed uh <laughs> and and son got a couple and scored one so at at this point in time it looks like their attack is completely dependent on son if he scores or if he uh, assists then something will happen otherwise kane looks like he has given up he doesn't want to mm-hmm. be there right? okay. he he, yeah. he doesn't give a rat's ass about what's happening at spurs anymore he looks that way uh, he did try though yesterday to be fair but i, I think his head is gone So mm-hmm. that that's why he's yeah, playing it, like the way he's playing. I mean, there's lots of questions to ask, but because we're kind of short on time, I'll quickly jump into Kane because I think always the narrative when Spurs lose will be around him. Uh, Gaurav, when Anishikant touched on this, maybe his head is gone. Maybe he doesn't get rats ass. I just wonder if there's a power player here because um, with Kane, because um, you know, I mean, I mean, all talks of professional pride, all talks of being professional. Let's let's put that to one side. The fact is, he lost a battle that he thought he was that he wanted to win against Levy. He lost it, um, and now I, I just wonder if there's if there's a part of him, and he obviously he sees Spurs. They're not going to finish in the top four. They may not even finish in Europe this year. We don't know. Um, it maybe just to it is the back is mine he just think you know what i'm just going to play badly and just get myself out of here in january even i mean he might not even want to wait till the summer like i'm just i'm just going to try to get myself out of here um in january because he's still scoring for england so it's not like he's not scoring goals he's doing it for england he's just not doing it for spurs i think the problem uh, i mean he must be thinking like will city come for him again because you know even if you see the january transfer window six after six months haland might be available and mbappe as well his contract is ending most probably is going to end up at madrid but you never know right yeah so if we just uh, well i mean but, but the thing is i, I think i'm reading too much into uh, it otherwise i'll stink the place 
yeah and not and not just testing the places like i can i can't stay here and i want to go and that's uh, spurs getting you, you know firing the manager with most impressive cv they've ever had mm-hmm. uh, just before a final uh, firing the manager who like literally built the club into something uh, uh, you know a, pro- a probable top four contenders they sacked him uh, and and you know they get uh, you know nuno so why, why why would really uh, i i don't understand why son signed a contract but uh, you know i, I yeah. don't really I, i don't see kane being wrong here even if he if even if this is a power play yeah i i mean again you know we talk about professionals and we talk about all those kind of things it's just it's just one of the things where i think kane has realized and maybe he's taking lessons from modric maybe he's learning from eriksen you know about the way things go but i, I don't know mm. uh, but anyway final question because i know we kind of out of time we got two more questions to do so i'll ask this one uh, uh, this one for nishikant um and i said i'd ask this on confirm would you take michael antonio would you take ivan tony or would you take harry kane as your england striker because surely surely tony and and antonio deserve i don't know antonio i think there's some people are saying that he could still be called up i know he was called up for the jamaican team i don't know if he played but uh, if he's still eligible for england uh, you would want surely i mean kane uh, you know you got to pick those at least one of those two tony or, or antonio uh, not both you know because uh... like you said kane hasn't stopped scoring for england he has been scoring so kane definitely has enough credits in the bank that he will still be selected for england squad he's the captain. captain so he's the captain yeah so he will be selected for sure but i don't know if like you said uh, antonio whether he's uh, eligible or not or if he has represented another country but if not he should be the obvious choice because i think ivan tony is still kind of i mean he's a good attacker good uh, operates well in a you know uh, i think kind of like a would probably operate well in a front two uh, but mm-hmm. you know let's see how it goes i mean he's just coming up from championship and it's it's been like six games that's all that there have yeah, well antonio is not eligible so he's uh, he's already played for jamaica so he's out of the question but uh, so in, between danny ivan tony and uh, harry kane uh, harry kane is obvious yeah danny ing should be then Yeah, uh, because he's an experienced he's striker in Premier League mm-hmm. and has always done well. Has managed to consistently hit double digits every season, mm-hmm. right? So he's definitely would be he's going to be a good choice. Yeah, I mean anyway, I, I think uh, Abraham is doing well by the way in Roma. So Tammy yeah, there's another one there as well. Tammy Abraham as well. I just wonder if Harry Kane deserves to start for England at least for the next this for this upcoming World Cup qualifiers. I think maybe he needs to not. Uh, start, but I don't know. Southgate doesn't really, doesn't really strike me as a very brave, bold manager. So unless it comes unless it comes to dropping, you know, um, uh, wingers, well, that that the uh, trust he shows in players paid off, right? I mean, he showed trust in Sterling, and he was one of the best performers in. Yeah, I mean, yes, he's very trusting, but you know, when it comes up, it comes up. Anyway, uh, we'll come to the final question, uh, which we always do. Uh, this we'll start with you, Gaurav. Who was your player of the weekend? Uh, Very tough, actually, because there were a lot of I think eight and nine of you know out of ten performance. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think definitely the highlight of the week was Arsenal winning against uh, I think maybe Odegaard. Mm-hmm. Okay, Odegaard. All right, uh, Nishika. You can take any Manchester City player, but I think uh, Rodri and Silva. It's tough between those two for me because I think mm-hmm. they did really well. Uh, you know, pivotal in why City won. So yeah, and you know Arsenal also played well. Uh, you know, Gaurav mentioned uh, Odegaard. I I thought Smith Rowe was pretty good. 
against Tottenham. So he, you know, deserves a mention. Uh, got a very beautifully worked goal as well, and was involved in their attacking chances. So. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, that definitely uh, makes sense as well. So we got Odegaard from Gorov, and from Michigan we got uh, Rodri. Or did you pick Bernardo? Wait. Let's say Rodri. Rodri. Yeah, that's that's your final answer. <laughs> so there's no prizes here. We're just asking yeah. uh, people for opinion. Uh, you know what? I, I will say that the, the player of the weekend for me is uh, Bruno Fernandes. And I said player. I never said best or worst player. So for me, you know, Bruno Fernandes, just for his miss, is the player is my player of the weekend. Not in, our, in, a way, in a sad way. He actually had a pretty good game, to be honest. But just this, that penalty was just... He allowed, he allowed Martinez to get into his head. I think that's just what it was. He allowed it to happen because he never takes penalties that way. He doesn't do it. And he just let it. So for me, that's for that. Uh, you know, in a bad way, player of the weekend is uh, Bruno Fernandes. The negative negative opinion. But anyway, uh, on that note, thank you so much, Shikant. Thank you so much, Gaurav, for this very truncated uh, session. Uh, I know we missed a lot of things. A lot of things that we need to talk about, but, uh, you know, time is short and uh, we've got a big Champions League game coming up this this week as well. So we'll be here with the review show for that uh, on Thursday. We'll do that as well. Uh, some big games to look forward to again. Uh, that that uh, that there's, uh, there's actually some crisis stories from other leagues as well that we haven't been able to cover, but maybe during the Champions League we'll be able to cover that. But thank you so much, Nishikan. Thank you so much, Gaurav, for joining Thanks, me. Guys. Thanks. Yes. Thanks uh, uh, yes, have a great... Uh, thank you so much for watching this one. If you did enjoy it, please remember to like, share, and subscribe to the channel uh, and also share your comments and what you think of the games. And uh, we'll see you again very, very soon. Take care. Bye-bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.